Are you ready to press reset on 2020? I know I am. That's why I can't wait for the Black Friday sale of the year. It can be a headache trying to manage what feels like the 10 different programs I use to run my business. Luckily, I've just discovered a much easier solution. Sprout Studio is an all-in-one studio management system that combines the functionalities of a CRM, like sending customized proposals, contracts, and questionnaires, with the added features of gallery delivery, scheduling appointments, email marketing, and bookkeeping. They are having a once-in-a-lifetime sale this Black Friday as a gift to the photographer and filmmaker community. From November 27th to the 30th, that's Black Friday through Cyber Monday, you can get 30% off any Sprout Studio plan for up to three years. I've just started my free trial, and I am so excited that I'll already know my way around the platform by the time Black Friday rolls around. To sign up or to learn more, visit sproutredo.com slash levelup. That's S-P-R-O-U-T. R-E-D-O dot com slash level up. You are listening to episode 50 of the Level Up Your Wedding Film Business podcast. And today I'm chatting with Megan Eli of OFD Consulting all about this next level marketing tactic for your wedding business. And that's PR. I'm your host, Taylor Petrinovich, and at the core of this show, I want you to feel inspired to take your business to the next level. And I want to give you the tools and practical advice to help you along the way. So let's level up together. OFD consulting owner Megan Eli combines in the trenches event experience with the love of wedding PR to empower her clients to take their businesses to new heights. A longtime industry speaker and writer, she is a wedding pro educator with The Knot and Wedding Wire, as well as a regular contributor to Wedding Planner Magazine, CaterSource, and SpecialEvents.com. Her team's publicity efforts are regularly honored by the Public Relations Society of America. Megan and her colleagues won top honors in issues management for her median strategy pivots at the height of the Zika crisis. More recently, the OFD team has been working around the clock with COVID-related media coverage and has received over 100 placements with outlets such as CNN, NPR, Fortune, Good Morning America, Bride, Martha Stewart Living, and more. A longtime supporter of industry associations, Megan currently serves as the 2020 International Vice President for WIPA and was the founding marketing director for Richmond NACE. And now here's my interview with Megan. Hey, Megan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. So I read your bio at the top of the show, and so my listeners know that you are a PR expert. Um, But before we dive into the meat of the episode, can you talk a little bit about yourself, how you got into PR, and maybe um, explain to us what PR even means? (laughs) I am so glad you asked that because a lot of us assume what PR is, and then someone will define it, and I'll go, well that's marketing actually, (laughs) or that's social media. So happy to, you know, I actually started out in the event industry. So I worked in reception venues. I worked with many filmmakers on many long Saturday nights together at at one of the local hotels here. I was at a five-star five diamond for quite some time and then decided to go out on my own. My background is actually in PR. I've always enjoyed that aspect. And my hope was to really, gosh, if I say marry the two together that that I know that is just still, you know, (laughs) there's a 
the pun intended with that somewhere in there. But I did want to combine those two over the years, but I felt it was important that I be a part of the industry first. And so then I launched OFD Consulting almost 12 years ago. I can't believe it when I say it. And great question. What in the world is PR? PR is essentially, you've got a message. I'm an amazing filmmaker. I'm trying to reach out to a particular audience, engage couples, people in a position to refer business to me, maybe other filmmakers. And PR is when you find the right channel to connect the message also to the audience. And it's very similar to advertising in that way, but there's no exchange of money. And so what I've said before, and I'll say again, because I think it does, it, it justice is, you know, advertising is when I say I'm great, but PR is when somebody else says I'm great. And that could be from an editor showcasing your gorgeous film. It could be from someone at rights.com quoting you. Um, so, you know, anything like it, being on a podcast even. So public relations really is that kind of reputation management when you're increasing brand awareness, but you are collaborating with the media to do so. I love that. And I um, think the simplest way that you just said to explain it is exchanging exchanging money versus having someone else just say things about you. Like Exactly. And, and may I add that there's nothing wrong with the exchange of money for advertising. People think publicists, you know, we're against the advertising, but I feel that they walk hand in hand a lot of the time. They each serve their own purpose. I love that. Okay, cool. So very basic understanding of PR then, um, kind of established as a, as a baseline for us. Yes. <laughs> so why why is PR even important? Like why we should we consider that as part of our strategy? I think that's a great question because it's overwhelming to be in any aspect of the event industry and you're executing and you're booking. When I was in catering, we'd call it booking and cooking, right? So you spend all day doing that. And then the idea of adding marketing and social media and what in the world is TikTok? And now I have to worry about PR. Like come, It comes with a great responsibility, I feel like, to come here and say, you know, you really need to add this to your plate on top of everything else we have going on right now. But what PR does is a few things. Yes, it increases brand awareness, just like social media, just like advertising. But what it does is it's building a third party credibility, much like I would say testimonials, you know, there's some, there's a gravitas to so going to your site and seeing how many people are singing your praises, such as the case with PR as well. And, you know, having been in the industry at this point, almost 20 years, including being in the event industry, what we're seeing right now is of course, and I don't have a crystal ball about what the year is going to shape up to be in next year and so on. None of us do, right? If you do, put them on this podcast immediately so we can all listen. But what we're going to see though, is with a dip in the economy, more people coming into the industry and that's all walks of life. That's, that's, but filmmakers in particular, right? You're going to have people coming in and those who are doing the craft now, they need to find ways to stand out from other people. And of course, it's going to be a great portfolio. It's going to be great branding, but it's also going to be when someone goes to your site and they see that you're an authority at what you do. I mean, there is, I'm just going to say it, there's a little sexiness to coming to someone's site and seeing as seen in Martha Stewart weddings. And right now we are going to have to work really hard going into next year to find ways to stand out from the competition and by doing that, it's it's embracing PR. And plus, I mean, I have to say this as well. I don't know if you followed Splendid Insights as well, but I devour her report every year. She's so smart. Um, from Things Splendid. And she talks about, you know, how couples as a whole make decisions for their big day and for events in general. And what we see is 78% of couples are clamoring for more articles that's informative for them. So they want to know about filmmaking and why they should do it and all the ins and outs and among other aspects of wedding planning. So we've got the statistics to back that, you know, the couples are hungry for information, especially 
you know, during times potentially of crisis. Cool. Okay. I love that. Um, so I think that you're well aware of this, um, but as with many things in the industry, we as filmmakers have a very unique set of struggles, like compared to yes. a photographer. Um, and I would say this probably applies to PR. Um, PR is actually a strategy that I've implemented a lot in 2020, and I've seen like um, the needle move in my business. And so I can attest that it does, in fact, um, hold a lot of weight as far as clients and um, planners or other people who may refer you are concerned. But can you talk a little bit about maybe the struggles that filmmakers specifically um, may need to overcome as far as PR goes? Absolutely. I, my heart goes out to filmmakers. I've got to tell you, it's going to be frustrating because video is, is king, right? It's, it's everyone loves video. Websites, you should have video. TikTok is video, all the videos, YouTube, all this. So it stands to reason video should have a really high regard among the editorial space in the wedding world. And unfortunately, that is not the case. Um, it doesn't mean to say that people don't, well, no, it, we're being honest, they aren't recorded the way they should be. I was gonna try and soften that, but there's no way to soften it. When I have amazing filmmakers reach out to me, I always, I groan, but in a respectful way, cause I go, oh, I can't help them the way that I want to help them. Real wedding submissions are a huge part of wedding PR, right? And for the uninitiated, that's when you take a gorgeous wedding and you curate the images and you include a story and you get the vendors and you put it all together and then you submit it to blogs and publications. The problem is twofold with, of course, you know, filmmakers out there. One, print does not resume, resonate to filmmaking, right? I can't change that. There's no, that's <laughs> just not the way it is. But I will say that print is, it has been cut back drastically. Like in our, in the last two years, um, it's not extinct. There's some really strong publications out there, but those are fewer and far between. Can't do anything about that for the rest of eternity. But on the online side, unfortunately, you're going to find that most places will not allow filmmakers most to submit to blogs unless they have the photos as well. And in some cases, they don't want the video at all, which I find to be very unfortunate considering how important video is for the rest of the world, you know, in terms of business and what have you. And so real wedding submissions have always been a, a real strategy for photographers. And I would also say planners, designers, venues, and maybe florists. But unfortunately, the filmmakers have never been able to get in on that. It tends to be an afterthought if we're being really honest, which hopefully we are here. It's an afterthought. And so that great work does not get featured in the way that we want, which means that filmmakers have to, I know pivot's a big word this year, so I, I want to use it sparingly, but we have to pivot in the way we think about what does being published mean? Because real wedding features usually are not the way to go in that. So you have to find other ways to successfully go after wedding PR in particular for your, as a filmmaker. Whew, yeah, um, I can definitely attest to that. Um, I have yet to have a real wedding submitted, but um, mm -hmm. I worked really hard this year on um, designing a few editorials and participating in many. And That's great. Um, yeah, I've, we've seen a lot of them get published. Um, several on Style Me Pretty. Um, we're pushing one towards uh, to Martha right now. So hopefully that I gets love picked that. Up. Look at but, you. I um, think it's great you're doing that. Yeah, um, but I want to say that. Uh, for filmmakers listening, um, don't lose heart though. That is that is like a slightly yes. possible way, um, as long as your films align with the publication um, the same way the photographs. 
do. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. a lot of them are looking for that light and airy, like look. And exactly. <laughs> and you have got, we could have a whole other hour conversation about that, but you can, par- here's the thing. There's, there's two bits of hopes. Like let's go bloom, like the doom and gloom. And then let's go to the hopeful part of this. One is if you properly collaborate with photographers, there's a way to package that and still send them out, right? And I'm sure you can attest to that as well. But, and the reason I actually, I actually, what the audience knows, I reached out to you because I was like, I discovered this wonderful podcast and I'm like, we need to have a conversation about publicity and filmmakers because here's the positive. Again, 78% of couples want more information, plenty of information. Very few filmmakers, in my humble opinion, based on pure anecdote here, are really going out there and putting themselves as the expert from an article standpoint, just because maybe something doesn't get picked up by brides.com doesn't mean that you can't be on the article side as a thought leader. And that's where I would love to encourage your audience, your listeners here to start going after, especially during this time where all we're doing is clamoring for more information because things are so strange. Great. So let's talk about that then. So, um, you're talking about articles and you've alluded to the fact that people want educational articles. So can we kind of break that down to like the most basic, um, sets of ideas? Um, first of all, how do we know what, what people want to hear about from us? And then Mm -hmm. where can we find places that are willing to accept articles of that nature? Absolutely. Well, the good news is you don't have to write the whole article. There are plenty of media outlets out there. Brides.com, Martha Stewart Wedding, Vogue, so on and so forth. Um, The Knot, uh, Wedding Wire, which I know it's a little different right now because they've had the merger. There are plenty of national and international websites that if you go to their homepage, you're going to see a treasure trove of articles, how to plan a micro wedding, um, the ins and outs of eloping right now. Um, There's so many different places out there for that. And so what I would encourage your listeners to consider doing, because these are all great questions, is first and foremost, Take, really take some time to listen. People think PR is standing there with a bullhorn when it's actually listening most of the time and paying attention to what articles are being pushed out there. Martha, great example, tons of articles being published on the regular. All you have to do is go to the homepage of their site and you're going to see that they have all sorts of planning articles. And then from there, you kind of just get the lay of the land and think, oh, there's a lot of, you know, here's some of the places out there where we see a lot of different planning articles. Some of them are going to be specific to filmmaking, but more or less, it's going to be more general ones, right? Again, it, during the same, um, what do you do when you change your wedding day twice? How do you cut back on a list? What do I need to know about a winter wedding now when I was supposed to have a spring wedding? And so, but those you can insert yourself in as well. And so then you sit back and think to yourself, and this is kind of the fun part. I usually suggest having a little notebook, but sit down with yourself for an hour with a cup of coffee, tea, not, not wine, because then it goes in a different direction here. So I tell people and start thinking to yourself, what do couples, what are they constantly asking me over and over again about what it is that I do that you just, you wish you had a frequently asked question for. What are the things that, what are things that you've run across in at weddings that, you know, conundrums that have come up that an article could have solved? You know, I do a 45 minute talk on the art of storytelling and we toss these questions out of the audience and I live come up with ideas, but start thinking about what are the aspects not being covered right now? And then from there, what you're going to want to do is start reading, start, I'm a black schedule girl. So take 30 minutes, 
a, a week to start. Like, see if you can spare that and start reading some of these articles at some of these large places and ask yourself, you know, who resonates with me? What writers in particular? Maybe these guys are talking more about design and style, but I would be better suited for more of the practical tips area. And then from there, and I know this is going to sound incredibly basic, but it is incredibly effective. You start hunting down these writers, you start doing a little Google search and find them, and you simply introduce yourself as an expert. Hey, Amy, hope this finds you well. Listen, I've been following your articles over at brights.com, and I see that on occasion you, you do cover wedding filmmaking. I just want to introduce myself as an expert. I do X, Y, and Z. If you ever need anyone to chime in, I check my email regularly. I can handle a fast turnaround. I hope you'll keep me in mind literally something like that. That's how I got my start. You start introducing yourself to writers and telling them that you'd be happy to assist with any articles they have coming up because the media as a whole, they are short on time and solid resources. I would contend that we continue to stay in business because people don't respond to them. <laughs> so we're the ones lighting the fire under our clients, but that, that gets you started. You start introducing yourself. I mean, there's other tricks I can go into if you'd like, but Start by just reading some of the national sites. Take a look, get the lay of the land, start finding out who the writers are. And it can be as simple as emailing them and just a few lines about who you are and how you'd be happy to chime in in your area of expertise if needed. Finally, bring that fine art look of film photography to your wedding films. The Illume LUTs offer a rich palette of colors and beautiful soft tones that can help you achieve that gorgeous fine art look that brides absolutely love. I personally use Illume LUTs for my own wedding films and from the very first time I used them, I was hooked. They've helped me elevate my brand and my business and my clients have never been happier. Visit illumlets.com and enter the promo code LEVELUP at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase. That's I-L-L-U-M-E-L-U-T-S dot com and enter promo code LEVELUP, L-E-V-E-L-U-P to save 15% off your purchase. Okay, cool. And so I think that a lot of us see um, like those badges on people's websites. Yes. And is, would this like apply? Like would this warrant oh, a badge? Okay. Listen, if, if you have a gorgeous wedding on Martha Stewart Weddings, yeah, as seen in Martha Stewart Weddings. If you have helped with a Martha Stewart wedding article, absolutely as seen in Martha Stewart. And it's up to people how they want to portray that on their site. I would, of course, suggest a press page. Once you have minimally, which it sounds like you've worked really hard to do, so you're already in this camp, but you, know, you have minimally three press pickups that you're particularly proud of, and then you can put them up on there um, and keep adding to it and linking to it. So people people know what you did with Martha. Brights.com, Bridal Guide, Pop Sugar, Refinery29, so on and so forth. People who listen to this podcast kind of span like the whole um, range of experience levels. And I just want to ask you, at what point would you think someone is ready to start pitching themselves to publications like this? So when it comes to being ready for PR, I like to say there's a few bits of homework that you have to do first. First and foremost, you want to make sure your website is relatively where you need it to be, right? I mean, I think we can all agree that we are constantly making tweaks to our website and updates, but make sure that you're really happy with your brand, your bio is updated, and you've also installed Google Analytics so that as you start picking up things, you get quoted in something, you can track what kind of what kind of audience like it's creating for you on your site. Because here's the thing about advertising and PR and all of that is that 
if it sends people as a direct kind of call to action to your site, but then it doesn't convert to anything, well, it's not working for you. So you just want to make sure you've got that ready to go for yourself. And you also have to have a bit of a de- uh, extra confidence too. Some people don't feel like they're ready if they don't have the experience. I would say minimally, minimally, if you've been doing this for two to three years to start, you absolutely have seen some things and should be ready to go. Okay, cool. So um, I'd love for you to break it down into a little bit more like bite-sized pieces so that people can start to actually apply um, what they're learning from you. So if you could help us with that. Well, once they've gone ahead and done a little bit of due diligence on their site and their brand and they feel like they're in a great place, the first thing I would suggest doing is if you are advertising with anyone, reach back out to your advertising, like your sales contacts, and just say, listen, I'm looking to bump up my my PR and my editorial. I just want to make sure as an advertiser, as a supporter of this blogger publication, are there any opportunities I might be missing right now? And believe it or not, a lot of times there actually are. There could be, well, yeah, we actually do accept films or you know, maybe there's a Facebook group that maybe you haven't been paying attention to as much and they post questions and then turn them into articles. So start with the low hanging fruit. From there, anyone just starting out, go ahead and join HARO. HARO is help a reporter out. It is free. And what it is, is when you sign up, you get emails three times a day, Monday through Friday. And what it does is it will send anywhere from about 30 to almost 100, which you can scan them, press leads to your email. It's all in one email. And it will say, hey, I'm writing an article for Refinery29 and I need to interview wedding pros on trends for next year. You can jump in on those relatively quickly. And the beauty of that is you're not crafting any media pitches. You're practicing and answering questions for articles that are already happening. I've had a lot of people have a lot of success that way. That's cool. And that seems like much less daunting <laughs> than trying to come up with something original. Yeah, absolutely. If I mean, if you're ready to go and, and do it, that's great. But that's a great way to get started. Awesome. Okay, cool. If, if one of the listeners here had their kind of sights set on a publication who aren't really picking up films right now, what's, what's a good way to kind of go after that publication and still have that in with that recognized brand name? So if you're going after some of these sites and you've done your due diligence and say, you know what, they're just not picking up films, it's not on their submissions, anything like that, there's a few different ways to tackle it. But what I would recommend is simply paying attention. Go through and start combing through the content that they do. Listen, if it's a wedding blog in particular, that's 90% real weddings. Unfortunately, you have to set your expectations that if that's the only way to kind of, if you will, infiltrate that media outlet, you may have to move on to some of the other great outlets out there. But the good news is some of the national outlets, so The Knot, Brides.com, Bridal Guide, and some of these lifestyle places that a lot of people read as well, like Refinery29 or Pop Sugar, that they have really, in Domino, they all have really ample and robust wedding sections start paying attention to those articles. That's the first step. Start reading the kind of content that they're putting out there. And one of the easiest things you can do that literally I did the first week I started 12 years ago, hunt down the writers, go take a look. There's going to be a byline, right? By Amy Smith, find Amy Smith's email and send a very simple email to them. If you are reading these articles and you feel like it really resonates and you could be a great expert, if they want to cover something in the world of filmmaking or they want a filmmaker's perspective, you literally will go ahead, find their email online, thanks to Google, and introduce yourself in three short paragraphs. You say, hello, Amy, or whatever their name is. Obviously, get the name right. (laughs) Hope this finds you well. Tell them why you're introducing yourself. I want to take a moment to introduce myself I've been following your work on Domino, and I would love to introduce myself as an expert for future articles. 
then give them two lines about who you are. I'm the owner of X. I've been a winning filmmaker for five years, 10 years. And I especially can speak to the wedding film making side of things. Obviously I'm saying this off the cuff, finish up with a paragraph, not even a paragraph, a couple lines. And if you're involved with anything, if you're a speaker um, and, you know, just say, I'm also highly involved in WIPA, ILEA, NACE, anything like that. I'm a speaker and can provide anything you need. I've included my contact information. So that's it. Start looking at some of these places. If they regularly feature wedding articles, find the byline, introduce yourself, and just know that they'll be in touch because a lot of, just know that they will be in touch, of course, if they need you. A lot of these journalists are short on having experts who can, who are, they're short on experts who respond to them in a timely manner. So be the person who can be reliable and be quoted. Okay, cool. I love that. So you've given us so much um, great information on how we can kind of, um, pivot <laughs> 2020 <laughs> word, um, our way into more like of an article informational subset, but I'd like to kind of, um, back it up and talk a little bit more about having our actual work featured on these publications. Um, and we did touch on this in that a lot of it has to do with the photography of the day and films are kind of like icing on the cake if, if at all, <laughs> like included, mm-hmm. um, is there anything that we can do, um, from your perspective to work with a photographer, work with the team to ensure that um, the submission and the film kind of makes its way into the publication as well? Absolutely. I think it's going to depend, of course, on the relationship with the photographer, right? I think that conversation's a lot easier if you're already buddies. I mean, it just is, but that's not always the case, especially with destination and with the increase in photographers out there, here, there, and everywhere. So let's say if you've got a wedding coming up that you thought, oh, it'd be really great to go ahead and, and be included in this. It's impossible. You want to make sure you go at it with a collaborative sort of mindset, right? So what I would do is this. If you don't know the photographer very well, get to know them. Go on their website. Take a look. Do they have a press page? Do they have ample press? If they do, that shows you that that's something that's a priority for their business. And you have, I would like to think, anecdotally speaking, you have a higher increase of them actually submitting it. Um, If you don't see a lot of press on the site, just know that you probably have less chance that they're going to submit it as well. But there's no harm in reaching out to introduce yourself because you'd want to anyways, right? I mean, that's a part of being a part of a wedding day team. And when you take the time to do that, especially if you already plan to do some outreach, introduce yourself and say, and by the way, I don't know if you have any plans to go ahead and submit this, but I would be more than happy to provide some, you know, any content that you need on the filmmaking side. I know that some blogs and some blogs in particular accept them and some do not, but if there's anything I can do with that, please let me know. So offer that, be collaborative about it. The fact of the matter is very rarely will the filmmaker take the lead on this, but what you can do is go in and make a really solid impression and come from a very give, give attitude about things and offer what you can. If it's appropriate, you can, of course, follow up with them later about that as well. Um, The important thing to remember, of course, is it doesn't hurt to have in your back pocket, you know, the blogs and publications that might accept films as well. And that's constantly changing, but it doesn't hurt to have a few of those in the back, in your back pocket in case they ask. Awesome. Okay. So do you happen to know a few off the top of your head who accept films or is there a way to like find out, um, 
like, do we just stalk their websites and look for that popping up? Absolutely. So this changes. That's a tough question. It's hard to just name some because this is a constantly changing industry. So what I would prefer to tell people is, again, you go back to your due diligence, which I feel is thematic of, of our talk today, is going back and digging in and taking a look. There's going to be two places you look. One, you look at submit. Well, actually three. One is the submissions page. You go to a blog and see what it is that they're doing like for the submissions, what are the guidelines? Typically, if they accept film, they're going to say that there and they're going to give you the specification. So that's the first way to do it. The second thing you're going to do is look at, and, and truly, if there's a lot of interest there, you need to scan through, I would say the last, last month or two, just to see real quick, do we see any films? You can also search the keyword film. I hate to say it, but also cinematographer, video, not everyone uses the same terms and just see what pops up because hopefully if you put in filmmaker, they'll show some credits and they'll show a video that goes with it. Um, I would say the bonus is, you know, go ahead and check out their Instagram, see how much video that they're sharing on top of the, the obvious photos that they're going to be sharing. But really submissions start there, work your way down to see if you can make an informed decision. Can you reach out to the editors? Absolutely. But I would say editors in particular are really run down with so many emails. I mean, like many of us. And so I wouldn't necessarily think that you're going to get a response as fast as you would just going ahead and deducing based on the content that they put out there. I love that. Yeah, it's definitely a <laughs> take hold of your own business and um, make things happen yourself kind of thing. And that's, yep. that's kind of what I like to preach on the podcast anyway. So it's perfectly you've aligned. Be a yeah, you've got to be a detective. That's the thing. You've got to put it, you've got to put it out there yourself and figure it out. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, I do want to leave the listeners with this thought too, um, to be very intentional with your strategy here, um, based off of your ideal client and where you want your business to go. If you are serving like elopement style, like adventurous type couples, then, you know, style me pretty doesn't make sense for you. Um, you're you're going to want to look into something different. Um, so just making sure that where you want your name showing up as far as publications go aligns with your brand and your goals and um, your ideal clients because um, – it's got to it's got to make sense. It's not just like gathering, um, you know, logos to put on your website just for the sake of. Sure. Um, yeah, so that brings up and it goes back to this is it's incredibly academic. But what I tell people is this, you know, great PR, successful PR is when you have that message, right? And you're getting out to this audience and you're using the right channels. So sometimes we have stars in our eyes, right? And we go after these really reputable, amazing places, right? We want Harper's Bazaar, we want Vogue and all those things. And yes, a couple will absolutely be impressed by seeing that you're on your site. But successful PR is when you're hitting the places, maybe they don't sound as 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 sexy, but they are reaching, they're really committed to connecting you with your, your channel. I think a lot of people are, or your audience, a lot of people are nervous about the idea of just hitting the local market. But I thought, well, if you're booking mainly local, then you do want to have a local presence and be committed. And I would say about a third of our, any sort of outreach is towards niche. So, you know, I see a huge rise in niche publications, whether they're focused on being a quality minded, South Asian weddings, you know, Jewish weddings, things like that. Those are doing very well. And it goes back to really that kind of old fashion formula. So I 100% agree with what you're saying. I love that. Awesome, Megan. Well, as we wrap up the episode, um, do you have any like last minute bits of tips or advice that you can leave the listeners with? 
Absolutely. So I would say, like I said, start with Haro. That's a great place for those who might be nervous about the idea of doing anything like that. If you really want to go ahead and, if I dare say, infiltrate some of the media outlets when it comes to real wedding features, take the time to come up with a list, like really research and figure out what's going to be the best possible way to go when it comes to that as well. And you know, also, I would say, make sure that you understand what your strengths are as well and really determine what being published is gonna look like. Because if your strengths in writing, maybe there are some guest article opportunities, especially if you're an advertiser somewhere. If you're more of a talker, then, and this is very meta to say, consider going after the podcast. There is a wealth of wonderful wedding podcasts that are geared towards people in the industry, such as this, as well as geared towards engaged couples. If you find that you tend to like to communicate speaking better than writing, then consider going in that direction. Awesome. Well, thank you, Megan, so much. I know that this episode is going to leave the listeners with a lot to do during the off season. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. I want to hear from you, my listeners. What topics do you want to hear about on the podcast? Head on over to my Instagram at thelevelupco and send me a DM with topics you'd like to hear about. As always, I would love it if you left a review for the podcast wherever you're listening. That goes a long way in helping more people find the show. And until next time, friends, just keep pushing forward.